0: Well, good morning and welcome to, gosh, just about everything, right? Welcome to the new year. Welcome to the heights and welcome to endless possibilities. Isn't it exciting to have endless possibilities? Yeah. <laughs> there's like four of you out there that have endless possibilities. The yeah, others, not so many possibilities this year. Or maybe you're like me. I've got endless possibilities. I'm just too tired to look at them, <laughs> right? You know, I don't know about you and your home, our home. Oh boy, I just it kind of emotionally draining week. We we took a big roller coaster ride. You ever done that in, in your life? Last Saturday, we we took the ride all the way to the top our our youngest son finally kind of came to a decision, and that process came to to fruition. Randy, like like Colin, was being recruited to run by a number of colleges, and we were looking at those all fall, but he became intrigued by one uh, at the end of the summer and started kind of working that process, and it kind of finally came to a conclusion. Last Saturday, he got a congressional appointment to go to West Point, and uh, so he's going to be... He, yeah, that's pretty cool, I know, and... Uh, you know, it's kind of funny, we realize going through that, because, you know, it starts off with running and track and all that, and yet you realize going there's that's a whole lot bigger decision than who the coach is and, and, and what the program is like. So, but anyway, that, that that process kind of came to fruition and the way we'd kind of hoped. And so you're on this big high on Saturday and we're having all this fun. And then on Sunday, our our dog dies. Uh, Yeah, you've seen Buddy. He's been up here with me before. Um, uh, Sheltie, little Sheltie, we'd had uh, 15 years and just best dog in the world i mean we knew this was kind of coming but but last last sunday he he gave us his last day and, you know i'm thinking you you can have a, a, a more than one great dog in life i mean he he's a great dog and you can have more than one but you know what you only have one of if you're a dog and cat lover i can't imagine a cat being this way but anyway uh you know what you have in dog you you have one dog that that grows up with your kids You have one that does that, and you know, emotionally right now, Karen and I are kind of in a place in life where the chapters are really turning quick, and and boy, he brought the end of a chapter that was just kind of emotionally draining for us. So, you know, the ride was up high, and then it was down low, so I kind of came through this last week of the year kind of emotionally drained to arrive at the new year, and, and you know, we, we think of the word new and all of a sudden, well, you know, what do I want better? What do I want changed? What do I want fixed? And we're thinking about endless possibilities, right? What what can be in 2016? But I, I'm just too tired. <laughs> you know, have you ever thought about the ebb and flow of the American life? Because I'm, you know, what's happening with me is not unique. It's, it's true with all of us. I mean, we kind of begin this right, don't we? The week of Thanksgiving. It kind of carries us all way up there. And then, man, we just churn it out for four or five weeks, going high octane. And, and then about that week after Christmas, it's just the crash comes. And, and so for a lot of us, we go through this week and it's kind of emotionally, physically draining, maybe, maybe financially a little bit drained. And, and yet, and then that collides with new. That collides with this time in which we're supposed to be thinking about what we want new and, and what we want better, and out of that flows our resolutions. And I think probably for a lot of us, those resolutions really do represent something we want to see happen, something we believe is important. But we're tired, <laughs> and so we come up with the resolutions in about the fourth or fifth day. I'm just I'm just too tired, and, and we end up settling. And so for a lot of times, nothing does get changed. Nothing does get fixed. Nothing really is that better. Well, I have a solution to all that this year. It's something I came across, and it is the magic wand of 2016. Now, I know you're looking at it saying, Pastor, that looks a lot like a pen. Have some faith. If I brought out a wand, you'd have to go somewhere like Hogwarts to learn how to use it. Okay, this is ready to go right here and right now. As a matter of fact, you just take this pen and you just touch it to anything you want to be different and poof, 20 pounds is gone. Poof, ladies, you ready for this? He's Prince Charming. I'll take a bid right here, right now. Hmm, okay, Uh, poof, a new home with nothing to fix for 20 years Poof! Your kids make great grades, obey you, and they post pictures of you on Facebook. Yeah, this thing is powerful. This thing is powerful. Yeah, just just poof, and it's fixed. You know, that'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Have you wondered? You just wave something, touch something, and it's and it's changed. But but that's not real, is it? No, this is not. This is not real. I mean, I I can't imagine anybody out there right now is going. Where do you get that pin? No, you, you know, it's, it's, it's not real. We laugh about that. But while we laugh about it, do we sometimes end up living like this is all we're really hoping in? And we know we want things better. We know we want things changed. Maybe we get up some gumption to work at it for a few days or try an idea or two. But, but where does that go? And I think what ends up happening a lot of times is we literally are living for the poof. We're just waiting till something drops out of the sky and fixes it, changes it, removes it, makes it better. Gosh, I looked all over my Bible this week and I didn't find anywhere where it said, here's how to find the poof. Here's how to wait on the poof. Here's how to produce the poof. Now, I I do see God saying, wait on me. I I do see God saying, walk with me. Walk with me to the life that I have for you and the life that you have do actually want folks what I want to talk about this morning is is 10 ideas commitments that's a heavy word but 10 ideas about maybe how we get into that life and get beyond just waiting for the poof 10 commitments for 10 weeks now where did I get these 10 things well they're all commands they're all out of scriptures but there's more than 10 commands in the bible right Why did I pick these tens? Two reasons. One, I think the ten things I'm going to show you, and I'm not saying there's not one or two others I could have brought into the mix. But I think you will find these are commands that actually kind of touch every area of life. They open up answers to every area of life. Some commands deal very specifically with one thing, with with one area. But these, I think, kind of encapsulate all of life. They have power in all of life but that coupled with this I think these are 10 things we tend to be a little bit negligent with if not just plain disobey it's not just that this is a command that I'm not really good at all the time this is a command that maybe I'm not good at that really has the ability to make a difference And so that's kind of how I came up with these 10 things. 10 commitments for 10 weeks. Not resolutions. We already know we're not keeping those, right? No, 10 commitments coming out of commands. But now how can I call it a command? Because obedience is a way of life, right? And I just said we just have to do this for 10 weeks. But I thought let's do this. Let's make this commitment a little bit more bite-sized. Sometimes commitment seems so big and so overwhelming. I'm supposed to weigh doing this for the rest of my life. Ah, just I'm too tired to take on the rest of my life this week. But what, what about what about if I just made a commitment to do this for 10 weeks? And if if I if you get to the end of the 10 weeks and don't really see any measurable difference, hasn't really done any good, then we stop doing it right now. I don't. I don't know that I have any actual authority from heaven to tell you you can stop obeying. <laughs> you can stop. Matter of fact, I, I'd like to watch when you go to heaven and you stand before God and say, well, I, I was going to do that, but it, the pastor said if I didn't like it after 10 weeks, I could quit. Don't tell him my name when you say that. Just use the word pastor kind of loosely. Maybe he won't remember it was me. Uh, no, I, I don't get to say that. But you know what? I absolutely have no fear of saying if in 10 weeks you find obedience not paying off, stop. Because it does pay off. And I'm not, I'm not actually saying, oh, you do these ten things and everything in your life will pop up roses. Everything you want fixed will just, poof, that's the magic wand. It'll all be fixed. No, I'm not necessarily saying that. I am saying, I am i am beyond a shadow of a doubt believe you will find obedience to be the path to taking on anything and everything that is going on in your life. And it may actually fix some things along the way. So let's look at what these 10 commitments for 10 weeks are. I'm kind of taking on the big one first, the frog that we need to swallow and just get out of the way. But let me tell you why I believe this is a part of this. Give 10% of your income for 10 Sundays. Okay, look at this first line. Will a man, will a man rob God? Okay, now what, what do I want in the new year? I want God's healing. I want I want his protection, his provision, his guidance. I want his help. I want him to make this happen. I I want him to do this. I want him to, to move and be God in my life while I steal from him. You know, we use the word give. And usually if you're giving somebody something, you know, it's mine. And now I'm giving it to you. But it's not mine. Not any of it is mine. Not, not the 10%, not the 100%. None of it is mine. It belongs to God. Can, can, can I move forward and enjoy all of what God is doing in my life while at the same time I'm stealing from Him? God says, hey, listen, I want to fix this in your life, but I can't, I can't bless you stealing from me. I can't bless you robbing from me. Bring the full tithe, tithe is a Hebrew word that means 10%. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse and thereby, look at this, put me to the test. Malachi, where this verse is found, is the, is the last book of the Old Testament Uh, if you just flip like one or two, maybe three pages, you're in Matthew, you're in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is being tempted by by Satan, and one of his answers to him is, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. It's a sin to put God to the test. Throughout the Bible, we're told, don't put God to a test like that. You're not judge over him. You're not going to measure whether he's worthy or something. We don't put God... To the test. And yet, this is the only place in Scripture, the only issue where God says, no, 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 I, I want you to test me out here. I know this money thing is so overwhelming. Put me to the test. You know, that, that idea of money being such an overwhelming God in our lives, it, it's not true. For You know, I can start going down the row and every single individual, that's an issue in your life. But it is so universally true, you can speak it to the whole room. It's, it's the number one God of our lives that is in competition with the number one God who's real and true. And God says, would you test me on this? Would you find out how much more sufficient I can be? How much more powerful I can be? How much more helpful to your life I can be to that, than that which you think is going to give you the answer? Put me to the test and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. Now those last two lines... That looks pretty cool. I'd like some of that in 2016. God says, Yeah, and I'm ready to pour it out, but I can't bless sin. I, I can't bless you stealing from me. Now, we're not doing this for the whole year, right? We're just going to try this out. God says, not the pastor, God says, Put me to the test. Let's try that. Ten Sundays. We're going to bring the tithe and say, God, see, your issue may not be financial, but what all does it open up in your life when you step into that area of obedience? So give 10% of your weekly income for 10 Sundays. Number two, fast, fast is when we starve for the glory of God. For some reason, he's pleased by that fast 10 times. Now, is that what fasting is? Is Is it starving? No, folks, let me say something. God made you to eat. That, that's how God designed our bodies. It's, it's to put food in. And that, that food nourishes us, sustain us, gives us comfort sometimes, certainly gives us strength. What fasting is, is a discipline for a moment to turn from finding sustenance, strength, comfort and fullness in food and seeking to find that in God. For this meal, for this day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really discipline myself, work at finding that in God. Now what I want you to notice in this is the word here, when. I mean, when you fast, and Jesus goes on to give some, some dialogue there, some description there, some instruction on how we fast, what we do when we're fasting, this kind of thing. And I didn't go into all that today. And yes, obviously there's a lot more to learn about fasting than anything I'm saying here this morning. I just want you to notice this word when. This is almost beyond a command. I mean, Jesus is not only not commanding it, He's just, I mean, I know you do this, right? Oh yeah, Lord, I fast all the time. I mean, when you fast. He is assuming this is a discipline in our lives. Well, since he's assuming that about us, let's just go ahead and get in line with his assumption, right? For 10 weeks, we're going to fast 10 times. Now, what do I mean by 10 times? You know, honestly, I think make it whatever you want it to mean. I'd ask the Holy Spirit if I were you. Hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with this? I, I mean, at a minimum, that could be fasting for 10 meals. T- ten meals over the course of ten weeks. And when you miss that lunch, you miss that dinner, you're going to maybe put that in a place and a time where you can kind of focus on God's Word, focus on prayer, maybe praying through these issues and things that are going on in a, in a new year. But but you're going to take those ten meals and really focus on God being your fullness and, and your sustenance, finding that strength in Him. Uh, obviously, it could be a whole day. A lot of times in Scripture, it's it's fasting for a day. And, and so maybe we fast one day a week for 10 weeks. Maybe we fast 10 days in a row. That'd be a little bit of a challenge. It's actually very much quite possible. If you wanted to do something like that, call me, email me, Facebook me. I, I think I got some good information that you'd want to work with and get prepared for if you were to take on a, a fast for 10 days. You could pass, fast three times for three days and, and then carry one, right? It, There's no rule here on how you have to do it. But Jesus said, when that's that's the goal. Hey, you seem to think I'm doing this. I'm going to for these next 10 weeks. I'm going to I'm going to see what you have for me in the discipline of finding life and strength and fullness in you. Number three. Poof. (laughs) There we go. Be here for, be here for ten Sundays. I thought it was kind of funny me writing this, uh, and preparing for this sermon. I missed more Sundays last year than I've missed it at any time in my entire Christian life. So here we go. Be here for ten Sundays. The idea there's ten in a row, by the way. Uh, in the next ten weeks, look at this and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Do you know that if I'm not here and, and stop for a second. My reason for being here May be a good reason, may not be a good reason. May be a reason that you don't even measure off as being good or not good. It's just a reason. Doesn't matter what the reason is. If I'm not here, I can't obey this command. That There's a command on my life to put myself in a place where I can be stirred up to love and good deeds and be involved in stirring up others to love and good deeds. Which says something about being in church. The command is not to sit in a building once a week. The idea here is that I'm engaging with the body of Christ. I'm building relationships with the body of Christ. Such that I can stir you up and you can stir me up. And the habit of my life is that I'm here. We're not neglecting meeting together. But the habit is being here. It's the rare thing when I'm not. Not the rare thing when I am. Now you know what? I doubt. I mean somebody could have. But my, my, my big assumption would be. Very few of us woke up on January 1st. And said boy I tell you what my life needs. It just needs some more church. No that's, that's probably not it. But you know what folks. When we, when we engage with God's design. And we work if I could use the word formula, if we work God's formula, you might find that in being here, you start to gain a sense of hope, a sense of clarity, a sense of direction, a sense of strength that helps in the areas that you did wake up January 1st saying, boy, I wish this was that or that was this. It, you might be surprised. Hey, let's, let's give it a run, right? Ten Sundays in a row. Who's with me? All right. We're going to have nine of us here next week. That'll be awesome. Okay, number four, number four, read your Bible every day. Now, the first three things were things you kind of, it might be once a week or sometime during the course of 10 weeks. This is the first one that is, it's for the next 70 days. We're going to do this. We're going to read our Bible every day. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. This actually, I think, kind of implies we're involved with God's word throughout the day. But, but once a day, three minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes, we're, we're, going to, we're going to get in God's word. Why? Because I want God's voice in my life. You know, we have a lot of voices in our, in our ears and in our heart, don't we? A lot of voices speaking, telling us what we should be, telling us what we should do. Some of those voices are good. Some are not so good. Some of those voices we have control over. Some we don't. They, we, they, just, they just speak into our life whether we want them to or not. Where, where does God's voice, where does it have opportunity in your life? What, what days do you not need God's voice? Oh, It's Tuesday. I don't need God's voice today. Man, I want God's voice every day in my life. And I realize, not for, all, uh, for some of us, when we pick up God's word, there's not a high sense of confidence there. Where do I begin? What do I do with this? I don't know that I quite get it all the time. You, you know what? Let me, let me encourage you with this. You can always get better at something you're doing. You can always get better at something you're doing. It's hard to get better at something you're not doing, or you're doing it so infrequently it's almost like you're not doing it start yes there's a lot more to understand than what i'm talking about or sharing this morning how that, that book become, can become so effective in your life but start by the way just i've checked this this week just google bible reading plans You'll be surprised with all of the different opportunities. I mean, I want to read this much in, in 90 days. I want to read this much in a year. I want to read this much in six months. Or I want to read the New Testament or the Old Testament. mean, it'll break it down for you. It'll give you all kinds of reading plans. So check that out. Let's get God's voice into our ears, into our heart every day. Amen? Number five. Oh, now we're getting personal. Okay. Don't go to bed angry. That's a... Whew. That's a big one. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. You know, two things I noticed about this passage that I hadn't noticed before. Normally, we read this passage the way I wrote it, right? Don't go to bed angry. You ever heard that? Okay, I'm waiting for crickets or something. Okay, don't go. The passage doesn't say don't go to bed angry, it says don't let the sun go down. I don't know about your house. In my house right now during the wintertime, sun's going down about 5 45. I'm not normally in bed at 6. Okay, so it's not get up to the last three minutes of, of, of being awake and then try to deal with it. No, God's saying, hey, listen, I don't want you carrying this any amount of time at all. Well, God, like what, what amount of time are you thinking of? Well, like, like you deal with it right now. Like, like you deal with it today. The other thing I noticed about this passage is, have you noticed this passage is a lot of times applied to marriage? Don't, don't go to bed angry with your mate, you know, do what you can. That's an excellent place to apply this marriage. But it's not just a marriage verse. This is, this is for any and every and all anger. No anger is outside of this. God says, hey, you angry? Deal with it right now pray yourself into peace pray yourself into wisdom on how you know you can't fix every problem before the sun goes down can't would be nice if you could but that's not always going to be an option that's not even always in your control but you know what you can start praying you can start asking for help you hey you know what i know at least how i'm going to try to take this on tomorrow Or I know how I'm going to try to deal with this next week. We start thinking through how we're going to compromise, how we're going to forgive, how we're going to reapproach this. We get to a place where I say, I'm going to set this down at your feet, God, and leave it there. And knowing how great you are, because we believe that when we sang it, right? Knowing how great you are, I feel really good about leaving it right here. And here's why this is so important. We get to some kind of peace about this, because when we don't, we're... We're letting the devil in. We're, we're, we're going, you know, Before we go to bed at night, because we didn't take care of it when the sun went down, we're opening up every single window. We're opening up every single door into our home, into our life for Satan. You know, folks, some of the issues that we may be dealing with may not have anger attached to them. But the brokenness that is being felt there is because maybe where through anger we let Satan in and that's just what he attacked while he was inside. See, understand folks, all of these commands, in none of these is God seeing what he can get out of you. In none of these is God saying, hey listen, I want to see how hard I can make it for you to get in heaven. Here, try this one. Don't ever be angry. Ah, keeping you out. It's out of goodness that he tells us these things. Satan is a destroyer. Satan is a deceiver. Satan is really proficient at messing up lives. I'm guessing most of us don't want his influence around. We don't want him in the room. And yet in our anger, we're doing the exact opposite. We're throwing open everything in our life so that he can waltz right in. So in these next 10 weeks, and we're really going to become aware of this, right? We're going to work on it and say, hey, God, you know what? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves what we're angry about. We can be angry for so long we've lost touch with the exact reason it is we're angry. You just know I'm mad. You know the sad part about this? I have found in my own life, sadly enough, if I'm angry enough, I don't care what God says. If I cared, I wouldn't have let so many days in with that anger. Not only not dealt with, but often brewing, building into it. I mean, I know God said, I don't care. I'm angry. The issue is not whether your anger is right or wrong, justified or unjustified. Whether it's going to be solved quick or solved over a long time. The issue is you're letting Satan in. And that's destructive to you. It's out of God's kindness and wisdom that he tells us this. Number six, we've got to move on. Pray every day. Pray without ceasing is actually what the Bible says. That word there, that idea there has the idea of just being in a constant conversation with God. We're, as we're hanging up the phone and getting ready to make another call, we're talking to God. We're talking to God as we walk to the car. We're talking to God in the middle of a meeting. Some of those meetings get long and boring, right? It's a good place to stop and talk to the Lord. Lord, help them to end Maybe you're praying that right now. Lord, let it end. He's like halfway through. Come on. It is constant dialogue. But in that, coupled with hundreds of other verses in the scripture, is not just the idea of constant ongoing dialogue, but there's the idea of not going anywhere, not doing anything, but I stop and I'm still for three minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes praying. I'm not about to make a phone call. God has 100% of my heart and my mind. And we're just dialoguing and talking. And this idea here, I'm asking for his help. I'm asking for his wisdom. Maybe I'm praying for others. But I tell you, as much as anything, it just builds relationship. You know, when you don't talk to somebody, it, it creates distance, doesn't it? And again, there's good reasons we don't talk to somebody. I mean, legitimate reasons we don't. Sometimes there's bad reasons. You know, we got to give them the silent treatment so they'll change. It's a very effective tool, by the way. I highly recommend the silent treatment. It just always works, right? No, but when we're not talking, it creates distance. And you know what is true between you and me is true with the Lord also. When there's no talking, it creates distance. And do you know, folks, God's never hung up on you. God's never hung up. He's never said, not right now. He's never said, I'm on vacation. No, when there's no talking, that part of the, the, the equation, it's always on our side that it stops. It's always on our side that it breaks down. Man, for the next 10 weeks, I, I want to really be focused on building that relationship with God, finding strength to obey all these commitments. Uh, hey, I'm going to turn to God for I'm going to talk with God about that. Now, number seven, you might think sounds very similar. And it's similar because, yes, in prayer we give thanks, but this is actually separate. I, I, I think we need to treat this as a separate commitment for the next. There's praying, there's talking with the Lord, but there's also the discipline of for the next 10 weeks, I'm going to make sure for 70 days I'm going to give thanks to God every day. I'm going to thank him big picture. God, you're awesome and wonderful and you saved me. little picture. I thank you for good weather yesterday and a nice time to go out and enjoy my family. It can be for the big, broad, specific thing or broad things. It can be for specific things. It can just be about who he is and what he's like. But let me tell you something. How many of you want to know God's will for you in 2016? God, what do you want from me? Where are you leading me? What, what do you want to do? God said, you know what I want? I, I want for you to give thanks in all things. Yeah, 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 I know, but God, I'm talking about the big important stuff. No, 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 this is big, this is important. I want you to learn to give thanks in all, th- in, not for. Not to be thankful for that, but that in it. I'm thankful that in the midst of this, God, I have you. I'm thankful that in the midst of this, this thing, this person, this is not the final say you are. I'm thankful that this gives me an opportunity to depend upon you, to see you in a new way. I'm thankful for you, God. Folks, giving thanks. There may be nothing else you can do this year. There may be nothing else you can do in your life that will have a greater impact on how you see, understand and respond to life. Giving thanks to God every day may be the most powerful thing you can do to rightly see, rightly understand, and rightly respond to what is going on in your life. Number eight, forgive them. I don't know which word is bigger, forgive or them. Just think, if we put all of our thems in here, that'd be a lot of names, wouldn't it? (laughs) I don't know who your them is, but you do. And it it may be more than one. And right here, right now, to open up 2016, you and I need to get about the business of forgiving them. Because bitterness and anger and hurt and hate is an awful, awful master to be enslaved to and carry into another year. God is not calling on you to forgive because He loves that other person so much more than you, and He just wants you to go give this to them. You know what? When you forgive, the other person might be the beneficiary of some things for you doing that. But God's telling you this for you. Uh, This is kind of forgiveness and anger are two different things, but they're also very connected here. When I'm not forgiving, I'm just leaving my life wide open to satan as a matter of fact i think some of you in here have forgiven you 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 saw it in the scripture you heard it in a sermon you somewhere you became engaged i need to forgive that person and you did you said lord i forgive them and 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 lord whatever you do to to act on me forgiving them you do that and we feel kind of hey i think i just obeyed the lord that's kind of cool But then maybe a week passes or a month, maybe even a year. And all of a sudden, one morning you wake up and all that emotion is there again. I don't know if it was a song that kicked it off. Maybe you engaged with it. But all of a sudden, your memory of of that hurt and of that pain is enlivened. And all of a sudden, you're feeling it all again. And you're thinking, I I just can't do it. I mean, I tried. I tried to forgive. I tried. It it didn't work. I, I couldn't do it. You waking up with that emotion or experiencing the emotion does not mean you failed. It does not mean that forgiveness doesn't work. What it does mean is that Satan is a master of working through your anger. And so he is going to do the best he can to make sure. Hey, 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 you didn't forget what they did to you, did you? See, you haven't failed. Satan's just taking another shot at you. He's just taking another run at your life to make sure you remember that hurt. Why? So he can drag you back down into the dark hole he lives. It's for your well-being and your benefit. You know, folks, there's a, I keep saying this with each point. There's a lot we could understand about forgiveness. Yes, there's consequences. I think, yes, we have to be careful that our love and forgiveness is not enabling sin. I I see that a lot, a lot with us in our attempt to love like God says to love and to forgive like God says to forgive. We end up enabling people to do wrong in, in our toleration. Think about it. God's love for me, God's forgiveness of me, nowhere says you just go ahead and keep on living like that. You just go ahead and keep on sinning. So forgiveness is not saying it's okay to do wrong. And there's a lot to unwrap about what that means. What I'm saying today is you take the next 10 weeks to unwrap it. You, you get the counseling, you get the book, you get on your knees and pray. Let's forgive them for our soul, for our well-being so we can open up the year that we want. Number nine, almost there. Connect someone to God. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Jesus said this, and then he ascended off the Mount of Olives up into heaven. What a moment. I don't know about you, I'd have given anything to see that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him not ascend off the Mount of Olives, but descend back to the Mount of Olives. Looking forward to that moment. But as Jesus ascended, this is what he told you and I to go do. Folks, this is more than a command, this is the only reason you've been left on earth. You've not been left on earth to get married. You've not been left on earth to be single. You've not been left on earth to have children or to raise children. You've not been left on earth to work or to to deal with money. You've not been left on earth to be really good at your, your hobby. You've not been left on earth to do any of that. Do you know what all of those things are? Those are just the environments by which I will go and do this one thing that I've been left here to do. How can I really seize all that God has for me? If I ignore the one thing he's left me here to do, there should be no bigger and greater focus in my life than who am I connecting with God right now? What, what if we just took the next 10 weeks and we just, hey, God, who's one, two, three people that my relationship, my influence is such that maybe I could be a, a tool of yours to help them? Just take a step closer to the Lord. Maybe I'll share with them what Jesus has meant to me or share the gospel with them or, hey, I've got all this praying to do now. I've got to pray the next 70 days. Maybe a part of that, I'd be praying for them. And, and them coming to the Lord. M- maybe I'll invite them to church. Maybe I'll invite them to life group. But who's one, two, three more people? God, who who in my life, who do you have around me that I can be doing the one thing you've left me here to do? Seek to connect them to the Lord. And you want to you talk about a sense of power that rises above the things going on in this thing we call earth. It's getting involved with the business of heaven. Connecting people to God. Number 10, we finally got there. Here it is. Wild card. You figure it out. <laughs> I gave you nine. You, you figure out the 10th one. I would encourage going to the Holy Spirit about that. Hey, Holy Spirit, what do you think number 10 should be for me? Like I said, I think these nine things, I'm so confident, my experience in my own walk with Christ, my experience walking with lots of believers. I believe those nine, you can almost state them universally all the time. But there is a place for it to be specific to you. Hey, God, what do you want me to be thinking about and working on these first 10 weeks of the year? What's something you want me to start, to stop, to step out in faith what, what's a place I need to come into an area of obedience? Ask the Lord what number 10 should be for you. I encourage you to do that, like, say, in the next three, five days, right? So that you have most of the 10 weeks in front of you to work on that. Now, folks, let me tell you real quickly what I have not given you. I've not given you a checklist. See, that would be so like our nature. It, 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 some of us in here, fact, I, I would be one. That's my, per, I'm kind of driven by a checklist. I love it. Che- just tell me what, what do I do? And then I start checking it off. <laughs> and see what? Okay. There's things I want fixed and blessed and more. And so, okay. Okay. God told me to do this. I'm, I'm checking them off. And see, then it, our, our nature would be then to go to God and say, I did your list. Here's my list. I'll give you 10 weeks, too, Lord. See, it's 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 so it's so much in our nature to kind of get in this give and take, God, you I did my part, now it's your time to do your Folks, I got I hope you take this as good news. God's not motivated to you by a list you keep. You're not going to make him love you more, be more pleased with you by a list. God is so pleased with you right now and it's because of who Jesus is and it's what Jesus did for you that God is so pleased. You can't do something the next 10 weeks to make God love you more. You can't do anything to make him more pleased with you. There's no way to advance that. It can't get any bigger. It can't get any better. So this is not a checklist and okay, here, now, now, will you? God's not motivated by our work. He's motivated by His own grace and love for you. Well, Then what's the point of the list? (laughs) So I don't miss what God is doing. Or even worse, get in the way and act contrary to what God is doing. Folks, there's So many places God wanted to move and work and what was going on in your life. But he would have had to to kill you to do it. Because you were working so contrary to what he wanted to do in that place. See, obedience brings me into a place where God can freely move and work. Obedience opens up my eyes and my ears so I can see and hear what God is doing all around me. Obedience lets me enjoy God, whether everything is coming up roses or not. Obedience helps me join God in who He is and what He's doing. Let me ask you this. This is the the final thought, just a, a question. As you look at the list, maybe you wrote it down. If you, it's in the bulletin. If you didn't get a bulletin, you can grab one on the way out. It doesn't have all the verses, but it, it has all the points. As you look at that list, and my guess would be that it would be true for all of us. I, I ain't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing number two and number five, eight, and nine. I ain't doing those. That's fine. That, that, that's, that's fine, it, it's you, it's your life, it's your list, it's what you do, what you don't do. You don't owe me an answer. You may not even owe an answer to the people around you. You know who I do think you owe an answer to? I think you owe an answer to yourself. Know yourself why you're not doing 1, 7, and 9. Know for your own life why. This is why I'm not doing 2, 5, and 8. And when you put that answer there, just know for sure that what I have in mind absolutely will be the answer over and above what God had in mind. Because that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're saying, God, I have the better way here. Just know that it's the better way. Hmm. I would say go with God. Let's pray. Father, I pray for each of us uh, courage to look at the list, to think about it, to pray over it, to, 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 to take it and kind of tailor it to our own lives, to our week, to our 10 weeks, to what's going on. Give us the courage to do that, the faith to do that. Give, them, give us the wisdom to know how it fits in, into our life. Lord, I, I, I pray that as we take these steps of faith and seek to step into this obedience. God, I, I do pray you'll help us. You know, we're weak. You know, we we quit pretty easily. <laughs> we get frustrated pretty easily. Lord, you know, we're in this. I did this. So this should pop out. We're really into the poof, Lord. So, God, in our weakness, I, I just pray you you'd love us as children who are trying. Help us to see, help us to hear you. God, help us to be motivated by your greatness. Help us to see you. We already have the greatest answer in you. Through I pray through our prayer, our fasting, our time in your word, our time with you and your house, with your people. I pray all of that will just kind of explode that idea for us. I have God. I've got everything. There's nothing lacking in my life. God, would you help us to see that in this? God, give us a vision. Help us to see maybe down the road what it would look like if these things were happening. God, give me a vision. I just, want to, I just can't hardly imagine what would it be like if in our church, thousands of us were doing this for the next 10 weeks. I think it'd shake the world. God, we love you. And I thank you that you love us regardless of our success with a list. Help us to take on the list. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.